It's Amy. Welcome to ChirpCast. Encouragement with heart, humor, and a little sarcasm. As a child, Christmas held a few certainties for me. First of all, my mom would start playing her Christmas albums, and by albums, yes, I mean records. One of the favorites would be entitled, Come on, Ring Those Bells, and it would be resounding throughout our home for weeks. The church play or choir practice would begin as a child, it felt like almost nightly, but the tree would also go up and excitement of the big family gatherings was being planned, and when I reminisce about my childhood, I just can't help but smile. Christmas was a huge deal for our family. At one point, my family moved from California to Washington State when I was about in elementary school. The first Christmas we experienced there, I was in awe. I remember my we lived with my dad's brother and his family, and my cousin Celeste and I shared a bedroom. My parents came in, and they were like, you guys need to get up. Come in here. We want to show you something. And it was like, I don't know, one, two in the morning. And we were thinking, you know, we were something's wrong. What's going on? Like there was a little bit of excitement going on. They usher us into the living room. The window blinds had been opened, and we're standing there, and all we can see is the whole entire backyard just covered in tiny snowflakes. Now, for me, this was like the most amazing thing I had ever seen because obviously living in the heart of California, we did not experience snow. And so being able to sit right there at the window with the fireplace going and just watch the whole backyard be covered was amazing to me. And it was something that was just pure magic, honestly. But then there were also the other things that we did, like taking our annual drive through Christmas Tree Lane. I think every town has their own version of this. Some call it Candy Cane Lane. The houses are just decked out, right, to the max. Like, I would be sitting in the back seat, windows rolled down, my face is freezing cold, (laughs) and I would just have my eyes wide with wonder at the waving snowmen, the giant trees, with the lights that were all the way at the top, the cutout of the manger scene backlit with white lights. It just, it was beautiful. There was so much to take in. Now, as an adult, when I see that, I think, what a gigantic PG&E bill. I mean, that's kind of sad that my mind would automatically go there, but it was so much beauty as a child. I remember that on one such occasion, we happened to be driving by these amazingly elaborate homes during the day. And let me just say, as a child, this was devastating. (laughs) Do not do this to your children unless you want to see them cry. Okay, well, I didn't really cry, but I was horrified. What I saw, I would think of as like the graveyard of Christmas. It was so ugly. Instead of the bright beauty that I had recently experienced, I was greeted with, you know, slumped over inflatables, uh, orange extension cords strung from tree to tree, and unlit strands of lights that looked more like giant spider webs. Perhaps this is when my hatred for cords actually came about. Just ask my husband how many times he has had to actually hide cords around our house. I just, I abhor them. I can't handle them. On our church stage, it drives me nuts, and I can't handle cords anywhere. So as an adult... I get it. But to a child, it was like the wonder was gone. You know, literally the air was out of the inflatable and it kind of took the wonder out of what I saw. And I just thought it was ugly. Uh, Without the power turned on, there were just wires and connectors, tiny silent little light bulbs 
waiting for the energy that they desperately needed to shine. Well, as I read the account of the birth of Jesus in uh, both Luke and in Matthew, I noticed that there was bright references. Well, when the shepherds were tending their flock, the angels came to tell of the birth of Christ. And it says that the glory of the Lord shone round about them. Okay, well, I'm pretty sure that this lit up the sky. Like there was no little tiny candle flickers. These were not tea light candles. This was like the glory of the Lord. Like you don't get bigger than that. Another instance was the star that guided the Magi. Brighter than the best Black Friday sale spotlight money can buy, I'm sure. These lights were guiding lights. They were pointing the way to the King, to the Savior, to Jesus. I think the season of Christmas is all about light. It's about being a light. We had an Advent service being the first week of Advent um, last night leading up until Christmas with our church, and it was beautiful. The lights were dimmed in the sanctuary, and we had candles lit, twinkling lights on the trees. It was just a beautiful, warm experience. My farmer slash pastor was sharing up front, and of course, I was sitting there listening because I do that. I listen most of the time. He was talking about how oftentimes at Christmas, we drive by houses and we see the lights and it's beautiful and the outside looks amazing. The right music playing, it's got the lights all in the right places, everything just looks picture perfect. But how about on the inside? If we take it from a spiritual side, then the question would be, what kind of light are you on the inside? We might be able to look really good on the outside and have all of our ducks in a row, or in this case, have all of our lights perfectly placed on the tree and all the ornaments hung exactly where they're supposed to be. But how are we on the inside? You know, it's interesting how we feel like we can fool people, but we forget that the most important person knows exactly what's going on on the inside. Jesus knows if the lights are artificial or if they're truly bright lights out of a place of hope and joy. The twinkling lights, when we talk about them, when we talk about the Advent wreath, they came because hundreds of years ago in Lutheran Germany, the theme of light is what gave birth to the Advent wreath. And the lights and the candles, they remind us that Jesus is the light of the world, that he came to break apart the darkness. And I think it's beautiful that in Isaiah 9-2, the scripture tells us, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. I think we could probably all look back at some point in our life. Maybe that point is right now. Maybe that was 20 years ago. Maybe it was yesterday where we had something that weighed on us and it was a darkness that we just couldn't quite get rid of. I can tell you that when we allow Jesus to come in, that light will dawn in our lives. Whatever it is that we feel hopeless about, Jesus can bring light in that situation and he can bring a joy and a brightness that can fill your life. Every corner of your life, the darkest places that you've ever been, Jesus can come in and completely light it up and 
not so that he can put a spotlight on the things that are broken or hurting in our lives, but because he wants to be able to say, you know, let's go ahead and light it up and clean this up and let's move forward, not with an artificial light, but with the real light of life. My prayer, as always, is that you were encouraged today to be able to move forward and have a wonderful day today. If you are looking for some really interesting and different gifts for Christmas, how about try books? I've got three books out. You can buy them on Amazon, and the titles are Inconvenient Calling, Chased by Grace, and Embraced by Grace. Each of these books share kind of personal reflections about my life and how I see life. Some of them are pretty quirky. Kind of gets the same vibe as listening to ChirpCast. So if you're interested, grab a copy for yourself, maybe for a friend. Hey, if you're still looking for a gift for grandma, if she's a reader, there you go. Have a wonderful day today and be bright. I'll catch you next time. 